Wisconsin's afternoon news is on the air. Broadcasting live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in beautiful downtown Milwaukee. Here's John McCure. All right, hope your Wednesday's going great. Wyatt's in for Sandy. Greg is here. Debbie is here. Adam's producing the show this afternoon. And a special guest appearance right now by engineer John Tyler, who's in the producer booth making sure Adam doesn't screw anything up. It's always a good move. He's not doing a great job. So far, so good. All right, let's get to it on this Wednesday. This is the three. Three. At 3 on Wisconsin's Afternoon News. All right, Wyatt, where do we start? Well, it's finally happening. The House of Representatives will vote this evening on Speaker Kevin McCarthy's debt ceiling deal with President Biden. The House is on track to vote maybe late tonight. Right now, there's a rules committee vote agreeing to the resolution that will eventually bring this to the floor. I know it's very confusing, but the big vote is scheduled to take place later tonight. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy and his top allies expressing confidence the deal will pass in the House. Despite heavy criticism from some GOP hardliners, some on the far left are also not happy. So if the House passes the bill as expected, it would next need to be passed by the Senate. And one lawmaker there could delay a swift vote. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer has told lawmakers, be prepared. You might not get to actually vote till Friday or the weekend. Then, of course, it would go on to the president's desk, all hoping to avoid the June 5th deadline, which would be really, really bad if we bump up against that. So we'll keep you updated as this story develops this afternoon. All right, what's next? Well, an update on a bit of an odd story. We now know more about why the Venice Canal suddenly turned a bright fluorescent green color. So the iconic canal and the famous Rialto Bridge and the water beneath it, fluorescent green caused by a chemical commonly used in underwater construction to help identify leaks. And it's bright, bright orange. It's called fluorescent. It's non-toxic, so nothing in the canal will be hurt. It remains unclear how the substance ended up in the canal, but authorities there say that the volume released makes it unlikely it was an accident. Of course, they're looking to see if activists or environmentalists are behind all of this. And the leader of Venice, the mayor of Venice, is saying now that she is concerned this could lead to copycat crimes, but no lasting damage done as far as they know. So that's the good news. Yeah, it looked like a Nickelodeon crossover. (laughs) It is crazy, isn't it? That is bright green. Yeah, it was wild to see the photos. What's next? Well, whatever the future holds for the Betty Britton Children's Museum, it's going to be at a different location in Milwaukee. So since 1995... The Betty Brin Museum has been at Museum Center Park, formerly known as O'Donnell Park. But they say that they've outgrown that space. So they've launched a search that will shift it further to the west, but they say they will stay in Milwaukee. To give you an idea, right now, Betty Brin leases 24,000 square feet. New Orleans, comparable size city, has a 49,000 square foot museum. And that's the neighborhood that Betty Brin wants to be in. They said they'll be able to do more programming. They'll be able to attract more visitors larger offices and outdoor space, all sorts of stuff. So they are looking for a new space and could move early next year. Yeah, a couple big museums changing locations in Milwaukee. Yeah. 313 at WTMJ. So Rosalind Carter announces, her family does actually, that she has dementia. I thought we could have a conversation about what dementia is, what Alzheimer's is, how the two are different, and how you can look for warning signs and get help for your family. My friend Jill Kreider, the president of Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, will be with us live in the studio. 
so glad you're with us on this Wednesday on WTMJ. So Rosalind Carter's family comes out and says that she has dementia. Former President Carter is in hospice care, and they're both in their home in Plains, Georgia. So he's in hospice care. She has dementia. They've been married longer than any other couple in the history of the presidency. He's the longest surviving president to be alive. And I thought to have the discussion about what is dementia, how is it treated, what should you be on the lookout for, We'd invite in uh, my friend Jill Kreider. She's the president of Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living, and she's with us in the studio. Jill, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. It's so good to have you here. Uh, So you live in this world every single day, and I see how you do it when I'm at Azura, and it's remarkable, the compassion you guys have. When you hear the term dementia, which many of us got familiar with this week because of Rosalind Carter, can you tell us kind of what that means, how that impacts somebody? Yeah, so dementia and Alzheimer's are often used interchangeably. Um, Dementia, Alzheimer's is actually a specific type of dementia, and 60 to 80% of people that have dementia have the Alzheimer's type. So it's a disease that affects the brain, um, changes in the brain, and it's, it's a horrible disease, but it is something that one in 10 older adults live with. Wow. So that kind of leads into the next question I was going to ask you. As we age as a population, which is great news, life expectancy is up, we're living longer, but it means that there are certain things that we're more likely to become afflicted with. And is dementia, Alzheimer, that sort of thing in that category? Absolutely. Yes. What are warning signs that people should be on the lookout for so that I know that it's not just, well, my mom forgot where her keys are again, but maybe that it's something more serious? Yeah, so uh, there are a lot of warning signs, but the most common ones are someone repeating themselves over and over, potentially asking the same question that they just asked you recently. That's common. Um, Personality or behavioral changes, uh, just changing the way people are acting, Um, the, the loss of ability to do everyday tasks. So someone normally gets up, makes breakfast in the morning, makes their coffee, but they're no longer able to do that. That can be an early Mm. warning sign as well. Memory issues. So just remembering a lot of short-term memory loss is very common early, early in the stage of dementia. Jill, does it get worse, right? I've heard the early onset dementia, and maybe that person is living at home and still somewhat functional, but things are just starting not to be right anymore. And then it settles into sort of a kind of a full-blown Alzheimer's or dementia. Can it get worse from there, or does it just sort of reach its peak after that early onset phase? It, it can get worse, and it will progress. Uh, it will progress through end of life. So those uh, may have early warning signs early on, and then it can progress to be a dangerous situation, somebody who may have gotten lost going home to the grocery store now may get up in the middle of the night, think they need to go to the grocery store, and it's the middle of the night. They get lost in the middle of the night, and it's a safety concern at that point. Can it sometimes affect long-term memory but not short-term as much, or vice versa, where long-term is better but short-term is very spotty? Absolutely, yep, and it can affect different people in different ways. The disease is very different for everyone. One person may have certain symptoms at one point in the disease process, and then that may change. In one month, it may be different than the previous month. 
somebody with there's over 400 different types of dementia. So the most common one, like I said, is Alzheimer's, but there's Lewy body, body, there's uh, frontotemporal, vascular dementia, Mm -hmm. early onset dementia. There's many different types. Jill Kreider is the president of Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living. When I see you guys and how you interact and how kind you are and how patient you are, it reminds me how difficult it can be if you're a family member who's trying to deal with this. And that's why places like Azura are so important because you have expertise. How hard can this be on the family member? Sometimes the person suffering doesn't even really realize it and they're just kind of going through their life best they can. But for the family, this can be incredibly difficult. Absolutely. And we see that often where family members come in to our community and are just so burnt out taking on the caregiver role versus the wife or the husband or the daughter can be very trying and they they oftentimes get very burnt out it can almost be a relief when they find a place like azura and specialized help because like you said it's exhausting and if it's a spouse they're also elderly and they're trying to do the best they can with someone they really love. Do you find sometimes it's almost a relief to finally find the help that they need? Absolutely. We see that often people move into our care and they say, I wish I would have done this two years ago or three years ago. I've gotten my life back. That I, They often say, I didn't realize how much the disease was affecting me and not just my spouse. So at a place like Azura, I want you to reassure people because some of them are afraid, like, oh, my gosh, well, I don't know if I want to take my husband of 60 years to a place where I won't be living there with him, and I don't know how he's going to be taken care of. But you guys really have figured this out. What are the key things that are the most important when someone thinks about where to take their loved one? You want to look at a place not just for the walls and the building, but you want to look for someone who has expertise in dementia You want to look for somewhere that the caregivers are fully trained in dementia because it it can be a very trying disease. Um, You want to look for somewhere that just shows your loved one love and that you feel comfortable leaving them there. We really add as our focus on a household model. So we've designed our buildings to really look and feel like home. So the residents don't feel like they're at a hotel or they're in an institution that they truly are at home. You know, one of the things I love about what you guys do is you have almost like a make-a-wish program where you make dreams come true for your residents. So a loved one checks in there and maybe they're a lifelong Packers fan and you find a way to get a Packer to come visit or get some autographed gear for them or to make them feel special. So as they live out their last few years, They can embrace the things they're passionate about. How important is it to get people engaged on that sort of level as they deal with this? We do. So we have a Mosaic Dreams program at Azara, and everyone that comes into our family of care, we ask them, what would your best day be? So if there's an unrealized dream, maybe they always want to graduate college and they never were able to, or they always want to fly an airplane, or maybe they grew up flying an airplane, Mm -hmm. and then they no longer could the last 20 years. So we try and do things that are simple or extreme that they may be missing. So I love what you guys do. I respect it. I appreciate it so much. If you'd like more information, check out AzuraLiving.com. It's Azura, A-Z-U-R-A, AzuraLiving.com. Jill Kreider is the president of Azura Memory Care and Assisted Living. Thank you so much for being with us, Jill. 
Thank you for having me. Wisconsin's Afternoon News on WTMJ. Rust has it. Let's it go. Hey, something really cool is going on. Summerfest Alumni Charity Challenge returns on June 30th. Check this out. Alumni players from the Badgers, the Golden Eagles, the Panthers, and the Phoenix. They'll hoop it up for charity. So they announced the names, and all teams have two or three guys listed except for the Badgers. Ben Brust from Scalzo and Brust is the only name on the list. What's up with this, Benny? Well, we won last year, so I was very proud that the Badgers won, and I am a part of Guarding Against Cancer, Coach Guard's cancer benefit, that um, you know all the funds go to the UW Carbone Cancer Center, which is a world-renowned cancer institution where all the funds stay in this state. Because we have a wonderful cancer center here. That's so awesome. I was happy that we got the majority of the money uh, and had bragging rights. But you can't settle, John. You can't just invite <laughs> the same team back. I got to go out. I went out and recruited. And uh, you're trying nobody, to raise the bar. Nobody said. Nobody said yes. So <laughs> I am. Uh, How many guys seriously have you asked? Oh, I've asked at, at least twelve guys. I mean, look. <laughs> Are they afraid? What? Wait, wait, wait a minute. It, it schedules in the summer. It, it's a Friday. Uh, yeah. Which is technically, would you say this is 4th of July weekend? Because I say yes. 4th of July is on that Tuesday. I'd say This yes. would be Friday the 30th. Yep. So a lot of people already have those plans laid out. Well, what about what about Gosser? He lives like five Trust miles me. away. I mean, I, I was in his wedding. We were roommates for three years. I, right. got, I got the stiff arm. I got the Heisman from my own guy. Now, a serious question: Are they? Do you think they're? Some of them are out of basketball shape. They don't want to embarrass themselves, or is it really like they're going to be on a jet ski somewhere? So that's the thing: is the format is all shooting. So there's. So it's easy. Yes, it's all knocking down shots. You're not going to okay. get hurt, and if you get hurt, then there's something wrong with you. Uh, but you don't have to play any defense. The the big thing is what I loved last year is Steve Novak uh, from Marquette Valley Sports Wisconsin and Travis Diener, former Marquette player. Um, they made a ton of excuses last year. Oh, the wind. Everyone had to shoot with the wind. And it's funny because we're using Steve Novak's twos, threes, and freeze format, which I don't know what that is completely yeah. yet, but I just plan on going out there and having a better attitude than them and kicking their butts again. <laughs> Who's the oldest guy in the group? Uh, of my team? No, of any of the guys. Oh, man. I mean, Novak's getting up there, isn't he? He's probably it, isn't he? Yeah, Joe Tucker, maybe? The UWM Final Four team is probably around... Or was it Final Four Sweet 16 team? Yep, Sweet 16 team. Uh, so that was Tucker early 2000s. Tucker and Ed McCants. That was a good um, team. The, the Phoenix don't have... They're pretty young. Yeah. Uh, so it's going to be... It's probably Steve. Okay, so I, I've, I've got a list in front of me, Ben. Go ahead. And these are all former Wisconsin... Basketball players. There's He's a thousand points. There's scores. an eighty percent chance that I've reached out to him. <laughs> okay, well there it is. So I, I'm going to give you the name, and you tell me if you want this person on your team or not. Is that going to work? Of course. All right, here we go. That's the music. That's nice. I, this guy might be a nice fit. Jason Bohannon. You tell me, Jason Bohannon is busy this weekend. Uh, he ain't coming from Iowa. Plus that Bohannon name's too Iowa-y now. Out. See ya. All right, he is out. <laughs> How about Cam Taylor? Part of the Final Four team with Alondo Tucker. Cam is an interesting one. Don't think he's local, though. That's a problem. He's you Minnesota, gotta, I think. Got to think a little bit local. I already tried two Minnesota guys on Scalzo and Brust, our show from 4 to 6. We called people on the air. <laughs> I got stonewalled on the air. Even with that pressure? Even with the setup and the pressure. Wow. Uh, all right. How about uh, Pop Hughes? Trevon Hughes? He's out. Tried Pop. You did try Pop. Okay. 1,339 points scored in his that's career. That's a lot. Do you cover travel expenses? That's the thing now. This is for charity. <laughs> 
Do you even bother with Decker, or is he too big time? <laughs> Jordan Taylor on the air said, uh, you can ask Sam, but he's probably going to just say no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even bother asking Sam? I are no, no, didn't even go down that path. I, what about Devin Harris, local product with that's one, I, that's one I like. I need, I need the contact. Retired info. family, just right, living his best life. I mean, you got the co- you got the contact. I don't you know if I do or yeah. not. I used to have a contact for Devin. We could find him. Tony Smith, I'm sure does. There's a Wawatosi's mm, connection. It's funny they didn't ask Tony to shoot. Uh, they didn't. <laughs> Very, very good point. Uh, what about Bronson? Bronson Koenig, where's he playing right he's, now? He's not playing. And he's Carmen San Diego. He's all across the world. I never know where he is. Okay, fair enough. Hard to find. Mike Wilkinson, just pull him off the dairy farm and, and right into your, your So I group. played in a charity basketball game with Wilk. He's now reached the age where he is not capable of making enough shots. Really? Sorry, Wilk. Oh, so not enough Far quality. Legs. He's he, out. Just milking cows? Win. Yeah. We got to win. You we, got a title to defend. Yeah. All right, how about, how about a little more recent? Uh how about Brad Davison? Asked in Canada of all places. It really? Wow, Frank? He's your Getting good guy. <laughs> He'll be in Cabo. John Lure? Can we get John Lure? He's in Nashville. Well, so what? Bring I'm him with you. No travel expense. Yeah. Why is this so I, hard? You got the budget? I don't have any budget for this. See, travel. If we're spending money, this should be going to the, the charities charity. that we're raising. Right, you're right. exactly right. right. Yep. Uh, favorite of mine growing up. Kind of a help resurge Wisconsin basketball. Tracy Webster. Ooh, love Tracy. Um, too old. Sorry, Trace. Uh, oh, just to knock down shots. Tracy was a passer, man. Uh, he was a shooter. Uh, well, then get Finley. Too big time. He's, I saw him the other day. I mean, he still looks good. But again, I want to win. Yeah, he's old. All right, so uh, we and got, there is some running in this. So we got to run. But what happens if you don't track down two more guys? I got a verbal this morning from somebody who was on the team last a verbal. year. Okay. Again, verbal's better the, than you're getting close. Right. The transfer portal's hey, open. Worst thing comes to worst. You said I could take him on myself, right? You could. That, that's that's my big point. You don't even need these uh, other th- guys. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. He is Ben Bruss. Check him out. Four to six ESPN Milwaukee. And if you got uh, who is it? Devin Harris's contact information. Yeah, that's rock send solid it to right me, there. Baby. That's, that's... Send it to Ben Bruss. Ben, always good to see you. Thanks, guys. Good luck. Kick some butt again. Three forty six at WTMJ. Day sunny, eighty five degrees. Right now, there are some showers out uh, just west of Waukesha and north and west of that area as well. But it's in a straight line, not really look uh, like it's making it to Milwaukee. It's 79 degrees. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. So I love the movies. I'm a movie guy, and we like to go on Tuesdays because Marcus Theaters has their Value Tuesdays. Every week, it's pretty cool. I think tickets are like 6 bucks, and you get a discount on food. I love being at the theater, but theaters continue to struggle. Coming out of the pandemic, they're still trying to lure the numbers of people back that went to the theater before the pandemic. Yeah, interesting story in the New York Times. It details the steps that movie owners are taking to entice people to get back into the cinema post-pandemic. So here you go, John. Picture yourself in a setting where you're going to go see Top Gun Maverick. And you've got the opportunity to watch it in a normal theater, right? Your everyday theater, the one you were went to growing up. Yep. Popcorn's a little oily and buttery. Or you go to a theater where, as that jet is taking off, you feel the wind on your face. Think of it more <laughs> like an immersive experience, right? You're reclined, fully reclined. You've got a monitor on your left. You've got a monitor on your right. You've got a big monitor in front of you. The special effects, you're feeling them while sitting. Your, your chair is vibrating a little bit as an F-16 fighter jet is taking off. That sounds off. cool. 
So a 3D. more immersive experience. That's part of it, right? So the screens, the seat, they're starting to build things into the seat that can just sort of bring you to the action. They're also installing a, a buzzer. If you want a waiter or waitress to come to your seat, you press a button like you do on an airplane. Somebody comes over, takes your order. You oh. can get sushi. You can get all sorts of different delights That's and food fancy. and cocktails. Nice. So they're trying to, to make it more immersive, more appealing, more interesting, not cheaper. They're trying to just bring the experience up a notch or two. I was going to say, I bet that comes at a price, it though. I bet does. that is expensive. Theaters are charging 65% more on average for a movie shown on these jazzy screens, like the Screen X or Real 3D, 3D. Yeah. Like, there's crazy screens. Uh, there, there's all sorts of different theaters that have, you know, seven or eight different showrooms, but maybe one is this fancy, elevated, woo, you want to see it in that theater yep. Yep. kind of thing. And that might cost you a little bit more. But the upgrades are part of an effort to make up for lost time. Domestic box office earnings this year, they don't even match pre-pandemic levels. So yeah, there's a two-year gap easily where, you know, the Marcuses of the world, the whatever cinema name here, yep. struggled. And they're trying to fight, find ways to get folks back in the seats. Well, the product's finally back. So at least the product is back. So now they're trying to fill those seats. Yeah, I it doesn't... I I, I think the, uh, the having your food served is interesting because I, I do think that part of... You go for the snacks early, but what if you get hungry later on? And, and missing yeah. part of the movie is is the one of the drawbacks of the like post DVR theater experience is like it's no longer expected that you'll just oh, I'll miss five minutes to go to the bathroom. That that's that's unfortunate. With streaming, you wait a little bit longer. You could just pause it whenever. But uh, that takes that part away. I'm not super sold on the 4D stuff. Maybe it's better when then they put this out on like a Spy Kids movie when I was a kid. But it, it never really did it for me. I also, as discussed on this program, can't smell. So if they try that stuff again, it's not going to work for me. So streaming, you bring up a very interesting point. That that was a huge chan, uh, challenge before the pandemic because theater owners were forced to shut down or restrict their capacity. Hollywood studios started releasing movies right to the streaming services. And, and theaters were sidestepped altogether. So that's a pretty big blow to try and recover from. Yeah, it is. And I wonder, you know, Netflix now, I read just today, Netflix is losing subscribers because they're cracking down on the password thing and people are irritated and some people only had it so they could share with their kids. So they're losing subscribers. I wonder if the demise of Netflix helps theaters more or if the proliferation of new streaming services like Disney, Paramount, I mean, everybody's got one of these services, will continue to harm them. Greg Marcus, the president of uh, Marcus Corporation always says that it's a communal experience that can't be replicated in your living room. You're there with other people laughing at the same time. You're experiencing the same thing. You're cheering or crying at the same time. I think there's validity to that. Have you ever clapped at the end of a movie? Yes. Yes. Have you? I don't think I have. I always think it's kind of weird, but I think it's sort of... I get it. I think it's kind of weird, too. I I remember clapping at the end of La La Land. Do you clap on the plane lands, John? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, but on Honor Flight, there are people that clap when the plane lands, including the older veterans. Totally sometimes. different. Totally different experience. Yeah, it's an interesting point. I hope they make it back. Yeah, for me right now, there's 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 a divide that really didn't exist pre-pandemic. Is I was way more likely to go to a theater just for fun with my friends. And there for now, there's theater movies, and there's movies I want to see that I don't really care about seeing in the theater. And for me, a lot of times that has to do with the movies themselves rather than the theater experience. If sure. it's going to be a visual delight, I want to see that on the biggest screen possible. Exactly. Hey, we got breaking news here. We want to get to Fire Chief Aaron Lipsky, who's discussing the fire that's been burning 
earlier today. Here's the chief. Refuse and whatnot. Uh, this whole thing changes once this is on fire. So uh, we are going to continue in our present posture. I don't expect we're going to need another alarm, but it is just slightly warm, a little bit humid. The firefighters are working their tails off in all this gear. Uh, I would expect uh, perhaps just to relieve them. We'll get some companies in later to relieve the ones that have been here the entire time. Uh, we have no injuries reported to civilians, no injuries reported to any firefighters. We're very uh, grateful for that. And uh, that's what I have for you. Chief, can you talk about what's burning and the toxicity of it? Excellent. Uh, so what we have burning is largely uh, things that you would expect people would be recycling. Uh, if, you, if you think of your recycling bin at home, with, uh, there, are, there are plastic soda bottles, uh, various plastics and rubbers that might find their way into a recycling bin. Uh, there's probably uh, ordinary combustibles like paper, cardboard products, and uh, that, that would be the, the primary thing. That, that is Milwaukee Fire Chief Aaron Lipsky talking about the fire at Milwaukee Recycling near 13th and West Mount Vernon Avenue. We'll have more on this coming up in the newscast here, right straight ahead at the top of the hour. John Mercure here for Town Bank. Town Bank's got locations throughout southeast Wisconsin. They're opening new locations. So it's not so much about, hey, they opened a new location in Whitefish Bay. It's that, hey, Town Bank is vibrant and involved in your community. I go to the Town Bank in Menominee Falls. It's convenient. They do everything that I need. And I know a lot of you do all your banking online. I do a lot of mine online, too. Pay my bills, do all that sort of stuff. There's going to come a time where even online you're going to need help. You're going to have an issue. You're going to have a question. Town Bank has the most robust customer service in the locations, brick and mortar, and online. They're just going to help you achieve your financial goals. As a matter of fact, right now, when you open a total access checking